This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Karen's Potato Salad. Do you yearn for the taste of delicious, creamy, buttery potatoes in a perfectly seasoned potato salad dish? Do you ever fall asleep at night dreaming of the rich, starchy texture of Aunt Rhonda's perfectly proportioned potato salad? Do you suddenly have an urge to call my manager to cancel me because you assume the race of my imaginary Aunt Rhonda, despite her racially ambiguous name, and are now jealous of her potato salad recipe? Well, I'm here to tell you you can breathe easy. Go ahead and hang up your phone. Give the police a day off from handling this important complaint. Head over to your nearest grocery store and purchase some of Aunt Rhonda's secret flavoring, sodium chloride. Use this secret flavor enhancer in all your future potato salad recipes and enjoy your salty meal, Karen. Just be careful not to be too salty. And now onto the show. In this episode, I talk on a video call with one of my closest homies. He is an uprocker and a photographer and low-key one of the funniest people I know. The song Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses always reminds me of this guy's crazy shenanigans. Please enjoy the episode with my good buddy, Dirty Sanchez. Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, I've got the dirtiest guest of them all. He's a good friend of mine, probably one of my best friends, um, and I'm proud to have him on this show. We're going to be talking about some interesting stuff, so um, I hope you guys are ready for the Dirty Sanchez himself, Robert Lim. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I noticed uh, we've been growing those uh, COVID beards, just a sign of the time. We've <laughs> been rocking a little bit longer, so I had to catch up. Yeah, we got them COVID beards going on, dude. So. Yeah. Yo, so what's up, man? To I, I wanted to bring you on today because, like, um, photography, I mean, you've been a photographer for a long time. You've been a part of the dance scene as a photographer, as well as a dancer, um, you know, almost as long as I've known you. And so you've seen a lot of stuff in the scene, um, definitely have, like, uh, captured a lot of really amazing moments as a photographer, um, so I wanted to like bring you onto the show to talk about, you know, a little bit about your photography history with it. Um, because I, I feel like photography is, is it, not necessarily an element of hip hop per se, but it's an element that is preserving the other elements, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I feel like it's a very important and underlooked thing in the scene that, you know, we all kind of experience, but we don't give credit to it or credence to it. And so um, that's that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on here. Um, and so with that being said, I want to know what, what really got you into photography? I think it's uh, my older sister. She was into photography and I learned uh, the film method as far as developing the film, setting up a camera manually for the shutter, the aperture, and it feels like you're a sharpshooter when it's sniper. Mm. Um, even going back to um, just kind of like heroes or people that inspire me, uh, Martha Cooper, she was like the first photographer to take pictures of B-boys and MCs and yeah. just hip-hop parties. I think her first picture she has 
is that like um, some b-boys got arrested and she couldn't take the picture of them legally mm. um, but she was able to take a picture not looking at them and pressing it down so she was able to circumvent it in a way so it's like I don't know it was, it was like the most like hip hop gangster thing to do about like uh, mm. being inside a police station doing something not, that you're not supposed to do, but recognizing it's an important moment. Yeah, so. yeah, that's interesting. Um, is that wait? Is that when they the like cops came and like shut down? Um, what was it? B Boy Summit like ninety something, ninety six, ninety seven or something. Oh no, this is like during like the seventies and eighties. Oh, like, is it? it okay. Yeah, wild style books. They're going to be black and white. You're going to see um, some young kids and like uh, those short running shorts. I, I mean, you know the style. <laughs> yeah, the, beat, like, the Beat Street shorts. Up. Yeah, super Beat Street, or even a little bit before that. So, <laughs> yeah, you can see the racism in the cops. <laughs> Not all cops are racist, but you can just see like these kids are dancing on the street and up to no good. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> and they're all like 10 years old. And uh, yeah, with the yeah, B boy, B boy age. Yeah, the so. real B boy age. Yeah, now the yeah. now the ten year olds are taking over again. So it's a circle. <laughs> it's a circle of life. <laughs> yeah, just raise them up. Yeah. Like okay. Simba. Yeah. So that's tight. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's a very powerful moment I think in hip hop history and and um you know if it weren't for someone to like think of you know grabbing a camera taking a picture and preserving that moment i don't think we'd even be able to remember that moment and i mean i could think of a lot of uh, other moments in hip-hop history that you know were important um you know uh and so i guess you know in that in that moment of realization like hey i better pull my camera out and take this picture this looks like a great moment to capture what what goes on in your mind to like you know, be able to, 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 to find that moment and, and how do you really frame that, you know? I think it goes like as easy as when you see family uh, portraits, almost everyone takes family portraits. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you see the pictures, there's sometimes you can definitely see the love and the relationship between everyone. And sometimes people are just kind of putting up with it. What mm-hmm. I notice uh, naturally, even from like, like Martha Cooper's uh, photos and just other B-boy photos, everyone who's not even photogenic and photogenic doesn't mean like beauty, but there's a level of vanity where people are like, you know what? This is a woman that lasts forever. I always look cool. Guess what? We're taking a cool picture right now. Mm. Even though some people, they try the hardest you can see it, but everyone's ready to go as if like, this is going to be the last picture they ever see before I get locked up or I'm dead. Yeah. So, and like the, everyone inherently does that in the scene. I notice yeah. like I always try to make sure now to take pictures of people like if they're in crews or even if they're really good friends. Yeah. Or sometimes not even good friends. They're in a practice spot. They mainly just come together like we are so cool. You better take this picture it, right it, now. It you know it's kind of baked in the culture to do that. I mean I feel like just the idea of freezes and breaking is like hit a cool pose, look cool as if someone was going to take a picture of you. I mean, I feel like that's the, you know, overarching like idea behind freezing. And so (laughs) it's kind of baked into what we do already. So I I can see how that would be. Um, So that's tight. Um, Did you start, um, 
photography before you danced or was it did it come after i mean like i remember when i met you dang that was like early 2000s um but i knew you were already dancing you were up rocking and stuff um but i'm pretty sure you were already um taking pictures too so which came first and and did those bleed into each other at all i mean like as like a uh you know as a artistic kind of thing yeah, I like in high school, I started doing photography. That was like before we uh, met over in junior college. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it was really tough because uh, it was considered sports photography for me. It's how I had to approach it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would just go through so many rolls of film and also finding people that were also decent and knew what they're talking about if I was asking them to do certain moves or freezes or experimenting what looked cool. So that was kind of a, a rough blend. But then when I started getting into dance, I understood how certain body mechanic works, like what visually looks good versus what looks good in one instance. Cause yeah. I've had I've plenty of pictures where people have crashed or that move was just incredibly bad on video. But then the moment was, the way the person looked, the adrenaline rushing through them, it just looked amazing. Maybe the crowd was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great!" And then, like, <laughs> and then oh, you didn't capture crap. the disappointment. The <laughs> Do you ever yeah. scroll through your photos in one of those instances, and you're like, "Dude, this crowd is so hyped!" And then you like, you know, you took action shots, so there's like 20 photos, and then like at the instant that they realize that he crashed, you see you know, their expression go from ah, happy and excited to like, oh, damn, why am I cheering? That must have hurt. <laughs> I can say when uh, I was also managing the dance crew, yeah. when uh, someone was doing a flip and I did to a picture, a pre and then like a post when they flopped, but <laughs> we were still the most enjoyable performance, even though we were not like the most... Uh, like sought after entertainment that yeah. the, the crowd was expecting. Yeah. I could have mentioned this and people, but let's just say uh, these people have gone well beyond and done plenty of music videos and we're very proud. Yeah, yeah, proud. yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll leave it. Oh, that's tight. Uh, so, like, I guess you're going back to what you're saying with the like you know, seeing cool freezes, catching like a certain moment, like what is it that you look for in, in, in terms of like lighting and the way that they're facing you or like, I mean, cause when I look at your photos, I see that there's like, I don't know. It, it seems like you just caught this really weird position that people end up in. And I know that's part of the dance too, but it's like, I feel like if I took that picture, it'd look like shit. And you know, maybe it comes with a good camera too, which I don't have. But you know, like what what is that that magic moment that you're looking for, or is there even a magic moment that you're really looking for? You know, do you just see it in their eyes when they're dancing? Like, oh, dude, I'm about to hit this move, and you're listening to the song, and it's like, dude, he's gonna hit this beat. I can tell. You know what I mean? Is that is that does that go through your mind? So when I was starting, a lot of it was guesswork. Mm-hmm. I understand basic, uh, just kind of the technical aspect about understanding lighting. Mm-hmm. I noticed that lighting was always the hugest issues because events are not conducive to uh, They're all indoor dark. activity. Yes, crazy dark. So sometimes 
Um, I experimented with flash before, but the one thing is, is that like, that's also going to bother the dancer. Yeah. So I've been cognizant of like, if I do flash moment where like their move will enter into like, it's not going to disrupt what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And also another thing too, it took experience about knowing certain dancers and what they're getting into as far as like, Oh, they have so much momentum going here. They're not going to stop there. Yeah. This will blind them and it will make them, this will distract them. So a lot of um, also going with the camera equipment, a lot of that also had to go with better technology as well. As people started seeing that I was offering more goodwill and um, kind of not preserving a legacy, but documenting the times, they were more receptive to taking pictures. And that allowed me to pose them and prop them in certain locations. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, okay. Um, yeah, so I could see how the, the, the lighting would be a real big issue in a jam. I mean, there's only so much you can do really with a camera to, to make that, to make that good. Um, uh, but yeah, I know like you as a dancer, I bet that helps a lot to like be able to see, I guess, predict like what's about to happen. I mean, and you're also very knowledgeable about like the, the, that particular dancer. Usually you've seen them before, you know what they're capable of. So you can kind of predict what's going on. So I imagine that helps a lot, um, with it. Uh, you know, and I think that is, you know, what makes some of your photos so good is that you can like predict that in a way and, and be able to capture these moments. Um, um, so I'm curious, what is the, what is your favorite moment you've ca captured on camera? Gosh, I, the two that I like, uh, two categories I like to separate are like ones where I kind of pose, um, the individual. Mm-hmm. That's where like we have a setting and I'm counting one, two, three. We're kind of documenting. And another one is just like, when is that a jam? And it just, it was so hype. It was so dope. And then like everyone goes crazy over it. Mm -hmm. and, and people always hit me up. I could say like, at least like at a jam, an event, definitely a freestyle session. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of like one or more. Like, there's so many from Freestyle Session, but one that I really like um, that like I've just seen that on certain flyers, but it doesn't matter to me. Uh, there's one where it's Tata. He entered with Machine and Morris, and then he did like like an air chair, but he lifted up and also he pointed at his opponent, and then like it was able to hold it. But he also had the look and the fierceness, like, I'm calling you out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, it was, and then like, the importance with the, uh, the, when the promoters say, this is why you come to jams. Yeah. You feel literally like there's a point where there's a couple seconds where you are completely deaf and everyone else is deaf because they're screaming with excitement. Yeah. And somehow they release all this energy. And I'm trying to take the picture where I'm trying not to get way too excited as a fan. Yeah, yeah. That was like one of those moments where I'm just like, that was great. I can say also just from like uh, uh, contemporaries or people that are like, I see as crazy better than me. There's also another one with Tata and Zeku where they did, it was a crew battle, the 20th mm -hmm. uh, freestyle. 
And he did the swing routine. And I I want to say Ken Kwan caught that. And, like, when I look at that picture, I felt the same way, too. Mm. So and that was just amazing. Yeah. That was just like, I'm like, wow. It's like a moment. That takes people. It's like a moment yeah. where, like, the crowd got punched in the face, like, with the hypeness. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's tough. Um, uh, now, let me go to the ones where I want to say, like, not necessarily a good try, but they're set up. Uh, our One of our friends, uh, they – we went to – we had an event called Art Street where there was a warehouse that within three months' time was going to get uh, bulldozed over. Oh, yeah, in and, Sacramento? I think I remember that place. Yeah. So the warehouse um, allowed artists to set up little art spaces. And um, I'll send you links to these pictures, too. That way you kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, there's a picture. His name was Quan. And he did this freeze. And there was a checkerboard uh, floor. Mm-hmm. There was lighting in the background. And even if I took him without it, like it looked like this abstract mural and it was incredible. Yeah, I think but I remember food. that photo. Yeah, and then yeah, and there was like this purple lighting and it was just like like I, I look at it and I'm like, did I take this picture? Did I do too much? I was just like I I I personally love it. Some people like I mean they're like, there's a lot of stuff going on, it's weird, <laughs> but it's like one of my personal ones. But I mean it's that's the artist in you going like, dude, this is something that I'm really proud of or like you know, that I really, uh, I think I really nailed it with it, which, you know, and everybody has their own opinions about art. So, you know, but I would say if you like it, then that's what matters really. Um, but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I remember that photo. I might've even been there, um, during that thing, but anyways, I was going to say, um, just, um, real quick, like also another, um, person who's in the scene, always killing it, little shout. I mm-hmm. need to muster up enough money to because I uh, there's one print that I definitely want to get. Uh, so it's Wing Zero and then Issei and I forgot who else, but it was someone not of their crew, but I think it was in Times Square. And then like Wing Zero is like bending on his toes, and then the other two are just juxtaposed in a way. It just looked incredible. So mm. like like. I need to make sure I have enough money. I'm like, I definitely want to get a print of them. Mm-hmm. It's like artists supporting other artists, but yeah, that was a really dope photo that I'm like, wow. Do you, do you, do you sell your prints? Um, I've tried to in the past and some people like if they have anniversary jams or people that like, I feel like a connection to, I say, Oh, let me give this to you. Oh, it's okay. like, I know I, I have one of um, Vince, your brother, where uh, he did a headstand and then the tide came in and the water washes oh, over. Oh, you took that photo? That's a hell of funny photo. That Yeah, it's hell of funny and it's fun. And then, yeah. He has that then, on uh, his like main YouTube account, I think. Or, uh, I know he's got it on something, but yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious actually about, you know, the photography world because um, it's you know, in terms of like selling stuff, I feel like photographers do a big service to the scene. And I don't know how much the scene like actually like pays photographers or, or whatever. I know I'm seeing photographers 
get their photos like taken all over you know they're they're being like put on flyers they're putting all over instagram and other social media and stuff um i guess how do you feel about it when like you see someone like basically take your photo and just (laughs) crop out your you know your um your watermark and and um <laughs> use it as their own like that i feel like that's kind of a, a dirty a dirty dirty trick but i see a lot of people do it um when i was starting off i was like a, like resentful from it um especially because i was just trying to get better and then just like oh let me get credit and sometimes you don't you don't get credit yeah especially for people that you believe like they should be doing the same thing or they feel like well you got a picture of me, so that's good enough. Um, yeah. But I I look at it almost kind of like how DJs are because, like, there's a certain point where, like, their mixtapes were getting played and they, they did all the work for the production. Yeah. Not like not like they sampled this and that and you create a loop and that was the end of that. Or maybe if they did or they did crazy drum samples and another DJ is playing it because they don't want their videos taken down for music uh copyright strikes Mm -hmm. but i noticed with them and like even other like let's just say like other musical performers uh they accepted of like what the culture and technology is Mm -hmm. their draw is more like if you want me to come live to your event hire me yeah let everyone take photos they will leave enough room for them if they want to crop out we don't care Mm -hmm. we'll put them but you guys hire us like hold some accountable for that. Yeah. And sometimes too, um, sometimes it's just a good opportunity. I remember, let's say for example, Aria crew from Japan, they came to the, yeah, I want to, we came to like three different cities in, uh, no, four or five. I don't know. They did a California. And and they went to, yeah, to the, um, that freestyle session. That was like last year or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also they went to the jam, uh, when you guys entered in Pomona mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. the camera with the best boat the next day. And they also came up to Sacramento for one of our events mm-hmm. for me, not to take a chance to get to know them, offer to do like some photos and everything, because this is a chance for like a crew who I don't know what their circumstances are, but they're like, we're about this life. Yeah. We're not getting paid to do this, but we came to represent. This is just a different city. This is a different country we came to do our thing so i also have to look at it like that because it's very um uh, i don't know what's the word it's i mean yeah it's you're looking at it as like uh these guys are about that life and as a photographer it's worth it to you to 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 capture that you know to and to represent that too because that's like what everyone's all about you know but yeah 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 and my uh, my return it's like if I, when I get the chance, I'm like, you guys took the time and saved up enough money to travel. And sometimes when I look at our city and I'm not to downplay the quality of our jams, but sometimes I'm just like, I've seen you guys won $10,000 like three months ago. And the price here is like $200, but you know, you drove two hours from the Bay area mm-hmm. to just be like, I'm about this life. Mm-hmm. So that goes to like someone's conviction and like also their vanity and their ego, like, what's this really about yeah so sometimes i'm like yeah let me get the love i do see if i can get some type of compensation but then i also want to be able to say grow for the last 15 years Mm -hmm. 
came, it's like I've been a part of these events that people consider as like a moment in their life. And mm-hmm. I'm there for that moment. So. Yeah, no, I would I would think being there for that moment is like a real important thing as a photographer. Because again, yeah, you guys are like capturing that and preserving it. I mean, I, I, I guess put it like this. Um, before there was like a crap ton of photographers in the scene, you know, there was still jams going on, but who can remember like everything that happened in those jams, especially the ones that weren't videotaped. It's hard to remember any of that stuff because it wasn't ever, you know, captured. But then I know when I see photos from like jams that I did, you know, 10, 15 even maybe even 20 years ago, it's like you see that picture and you're like, oh, dang, I remember that. You know what I mean? You know, I remember that battle. I remember like being in that situation. I remember training for that or whatever. I remember seeing that dude train for it or whatever, you know. Um, So it kind of really takes you back. And um, it sucks that there's not so much stuff that's available from, you know, back in the day but now i feel like there's so much and and so it's it's going to be like a very good preservation of you know the culture moving forward maybe too good of one you know i guess we don't need to remember all them crashes so (laughs) (laughs) yeah one thing that you said uh yeah just the whole social media aspect you would think there's a saturation of people with videos and also with pictures too um people have to adapt. Um, it used to be in the culture when I remember um, Sacramento when there was a rock steady chapter, it was called Floor Rascals, um, uh-huh. that, yeah, it was like, if you took your, like if you bit someone's move, you got sucked in the face. The jam just stopped yeah. and like, you got beat up. Like whoever crew was starting to beat you up, it didn't matter what happened. I've been in that where like, you know, you're supposed to be dancing to get out of gang warfare, but no, you just join a dance gang. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It, it was a lot more um, confrontational, I guess, back in the day. Definitely more. Uh, yeah. It, it was chaos. I mean, really, like, you had people coming in that just, yeah, didn't care. I mean, it, well, and also there wasn't money in it and there wasn't, like, anything. So it was just, I feel like people did it more for the, the, you know the love of it and stuff so it was like when someone was basically stomping on you and saying hey i'm gonna bite your move or whatever you take it real personally like nowadays i feel like that kind of gets brushed off a little bit because the, there's i don't know this kind of like s- social media veil to it or whatever you know there's some kind of like you know uh, social veil over everything and I don't know. I mean, I, not to say that people aren't as passionate about it now as they were before, but I, I feel like, you know, they'll, there's more incentive to be like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't need to fight over this because there's, I got all these other things that are coming along with it. But back in the day, it wasn't like that. It's like, you know, all you really had was that your moves and your crew and stuff. And so if people were over there, like, stomping on it and you know giving it a bad name and stuff or just you know uh, dissing it it's you take that real personally so i I could see why there was way more fights back in the day and i'm I'm glad that that's over um but it 
I feel like back then there was a little more, um, I don't know, excitement to competitions just because of stuff like that. Not to say that fighting is a good thing, but you know, the drama, the drama makes it interesting for sure. You know, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll say this for just two recent examples from at least like, uh, my perspective, uh, we went to massive monkeys day and, um, I was front row in like, uh, the finals. And then like, uh, I believe they just finished with like top eight. This is just walking around. Um, and then you see ATN, you're just yelling at each other. Mm. And like, I don't know where this is also just pissed off like crazy. Mm. And these call out. And then like a, a couple rounds later, like all of Battleborn came in and supposedly they just oh. snuck in. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't at the gym, but yeah, no, it was like, yeah, the two crews had like beef or something from back in the day or whatever, whatever, whatever happened. But yeah, the crew, they basically snuck in the gym just to battle them. Yeah. I mean, it's no good that they're sneaking in and stuff and like doing that. But, <laughs> but, but no, that, that's actually a great moment that was captured on film because it's like, if you got beef with another crew, like, I feel like that's how you handle it. You come and just say, hey, we're going to battle. We're not going to go online and talk crap. We're not going to, you know, fight. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're just going to come in and battle you. And guess what? It's at your own jam, so you better come correct because we've been, you know, training for this. We're going to come for you, you know. So I feel I feel like that was – that. that's dope. That's dope. Huh. Hopefully there wasn't any other drama beyond that. I mean, hopefully that's where it got squashed or whatever. You know, I feel whatever. like that the hate's still going, dude. <laughs> hate in both their eyes. You're like, what are you doing here? They're like, I came in for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you snuck in. Where's my ten dollars? Sharpie. If you're gonna battle me, you gotta pay. <laughs> you can get them anywhere (laughs) oh that's funny oh man yeah and one where like also just going back to that pomona jam just even seeing uh 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 williams uh, his name's his real name is william smiles Mm -hmm. um he's from australia he entered in with lancer yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Austra- I, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. Australian dude. No, I, I know your name's William Smiles. Uh, um, but it's just like, it was good talking to him, but he also had a fierceness in his eyes. But uh, mm. I remember saying same thing. I know not stirring the pot or anything, but it was the same thing when you saw um, Pack Pack and also uh, Lucy Sky. And then I'm like, when I saw the moves, I'm like, yeah, you definitely did that first. Mm. You have that so ingrained into you, the way you hit it, the way you get into it. But I mean, I'm not a part of that. I was just like, I'm like, oh, I see. But also from someone to just like also protect you, like, well, I'm definitely gonna fly up here, and I hope to see those guys just to mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, just to just show up, just to confront and and battle. Yeah, that's that's some b boy shit for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I've done that in the past. Like I've gone to jams just to battle a crew <laughs> with, I didn't enter the jam. 
I didn't do anything else except just battle them, you know. Um, usually I stuck around to like watch the rest of the jam or whatever, or, you know, whatever, but it was, I came, I came through to just battle people though. So, um, after those battles, have you been like, I still hate you. I don't care. (laughs) I know we just battled, but trust me, you, you know, what's, you know, what's funny is like, actually I, I was hanging out with one of the guys that I used to do. I'd like go to the jam just to battle him and his crew. And, um, you know, this was back like t- freaking 10 years at least. Uh, and then I was like training with him probably like a year ago or maybe two years ago or whatever. And like, we're all nice to each other and stuff. And I was like, dude, I know me and you used to battle all the freaking time. And I don't even remember why, like, that's, what's funny about it. But I knew that I hated your guts at one point. And I knew you were good, and I knew you knew I was good, and we would battle all the damn time. But, like, to be honest, I don't remember what it was that set it off. And, you know, and now we're friends and stuff, and, you know, we'll train and we give each other tips and shit. So, I don't know. I Honestly, I think it was just, like, two hungry, two hungry B-boys that just, you know, they want to make their mark and shit. So, I... I I feel like that's probably what it was. And that caused some weird beef, you know, probably like, you know, one of us lost to each other at a jam or whatever. And then we took it super personally and then just created a vendetta or whatever, you know, I don't know. I, I could imagine you guys like losing sleep. You're just like, Oh my God. Oh. Kurt. Damn you, Kurt. Oh. Ah, Kurt! <laughs> yeah. and you used to get training montage you listen just to the rocky soundtrack you're like gosh yeah i'm like running up the steps like <laughs> you're doing like non-stop flares you're like dude you don't normally do flares <laughs> listen kate you like you start doing like, you're like you never had air flares and then you just like well just in case <laughs> damn i'm all, i got a sweaty hoodie on with no uh, sleeves on <laughs> yeah you're running in like these uh, like horrible Converse, and I'm like, gosh, I was like watching old school basketball yeah. tapes. I'm like, how can people play in like Adidas superstars? <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now we dance in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, okay, so, um, that's your background as a photographer. So, I'm curious, like, what got you into hip hop? Oh, so, uh. If you can kind of see this canvas here, it's pretty big. It's uh, by Me two of my Ken. good friends. They're also uh, in a graffiti crew. And I kind of grew up with them in middle school and high school. But kind of like how like a lot of the dance crews, I was just a dude that hanged around and thought it was cool. Mm. So I never got into it as like deep as everyone else did. But that's where I was just like, I was like, it was a certain point in the 90s where you, you could hear good radio hip hop music. And then there was a layer of the underground. This is where like rain was lapping. And then like you're listening to rap where people were talking about like depression or like how they want to like viciously murder someone, but they did (laughs) it so creatively or like how much they hate this person. And it was just like, I'm like, wait, what did he say? And you got to rewind it back. It was just like, like this era of just like, like you had to really, really dig or know about it. It was like whispers. Like, let me check this out. Dude, it's the era of when you're walking down the street in like the city and um uh 
the dude walks up with like a Walkman and he's like, "Hey, yo, you want to listen to this? Hey, hey, you gotta listen to this though. Hey, 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 hey. and and <laughs> and then you're like, "Nah, bro, I got somewhere to be, but you don't got anywhere to be. You're just walking, but you're like, I ain't trying to listen to that shit. I'm trying to hear that Cash Money Millionaire." Yeah, this is one of the time when like you can actually trust people. Not necessarily trust, but when someone got like a hot mixtape out of their trunk, that's how Too Short started in Oakland. But like, Too Short was tight. Yeah. He was selling those. I was like, yo, man, check out, like, this is the dopest shit. You listen to that. A lot of Bay Area hip hop and like some Sacramento hip hop is just like, just about almost everywhere. Like, one, you have to have a really good producer or DJ to set it up. Mm-hmm. Two, for you to even like make this stuff and hope to sell out your stuff, because it wasn't drugs. It wasn't like, yeah, let me get some of that, because I already knew what it was. Mm. You took a damn guess. Yeah. And you have to rely on other people to be like, this is what's up. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, like, that's how, like, certain uh, musicians were able to skirt, like, having to have it distributed to the record company. I have, like, their team just, hey, sell this as a mixtape. We'll change the production. It's still my name, but... It's like I get 100% of my proceeds up instead of like like a quarter on mm. every album I sell. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, man, uh, thanks for interviewing me. I must be sweating up a storm and being all choppy with the thing. Yeah, well, hopefully the video is better, you know, once I edit this. Um, hopefully it turns out a lot better. But yeah, it was great having you, dude. Um, I really hope this pandemic is over soon so we can actually do this in person because I'd much prefer that. I don't like doing these video calls because they suck. But yeah, and, and yeah, just feeling the vibe too. And then also just like, you know, like I like him when it's a little bit looser and then he just like riffed for a little bit too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so before we close out, do you have any last words or any shout outs or any plugs? I don't know. Check out my Instagram page. Uh, it's where you post all your photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, and one thing I want to tell people is like, if you see me at a jam, not doing anything, go in and hit me up and just say, hey, can you take a picture of us? Because that's the one thing I noticed. Everyone always get a bunch of the cool shots, but sometimes you also want memories too. That you're like, hey, you know what? This was my first jam that I went with, you know, my older crewmate that's training me. So, you know, those memories, I mean, sometimes it can be better preserved as opposed to having just straight off your phone that you never print out anything. Yeah. And he's talking mostly to those Instagram thoughts out there. So, you know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, man. It was great having you on. Let's get one more ow to leave this show. One, ow. two, okay. three. Three. Ow. ow.